0: Deep in London's beating heart lies a wall, a like do not be, if you know the call, for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see, cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin
1: Hello everyone and welcome to ShriekCast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast, I am your host DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we've been in the midst of uh, uh, an upheaval. A big, a large event online Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: I think we both we both need to look directly into the camera and solemnly swear that this episode was not late because I was playing The Legend of Zelda until 4 a.m. when it came out.
2: That's right. That is not why
1: (laughs) other stuff happened.
2: Other stuff. Yeah. Busy, busy.
1: Be, be, be been busy. This is uh, a uh, this is a truth on your part, and definitely true on my part. I have mm. not been staying up until God knows when playing a new Zelda game. That's right. Who among us has not been? Other than you,
2: uh, I right? Guess. Who was who was busy? You were busy, and I haven't played uh, much Zelda to be honest. I've probably played maybe four or five hours total
1: mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. far. How far have you gotten now?
2: I got off of Tutorial Island and did the like intro um, stuff. And I just got to the part where I just get to sort of set off on my own.
1: Yay. You get to have, yeah, you get to play the fun part now.
2: Yeah. I get to do adventuring. You
1: get to do adventuring. Yeah. Cause, cause the thing is that this, this is not a lie. We are not lying because this is like, we we've, we we're, we're like mean old heads mm-hmm. and we like old Zelda. Yep. And I didn't I, I liked Breath of the Wild just fine, but I was definitely like I could do with some some dungeons and some other stuff in here. But this one's working for me. Uh, Finally, like just out of the gate. I'm liking this one a lot more.
2: That's great. Did you have a did you have a, a time of frustration with it and then come around to it? or you were you pretty yes. much like good to go from minute one?
1: It took me about an hour on the tutorial island to fully grasp what it was asking me to do. And then I think like a couple hours in on being in the actual game in Hyrule, going like, oh, OK, OK. Like, like, I think it's one of those things where walking around a bit and realizing just how dense this one is with stuff to do which was my main complaint with the first one was it was like it was very pretty it was a great experience but like there were really only like two things to do in it which was like find shrines and look for the korok seeds Mm -hmm. and this has like that's this is still that but it's like there's like 10 other things to just find and do that are really fun uh all over the place and so i think it's just like throwing enough stuff at me that i'm like okay way more side quests and stuff like it just felt like I wouldn't call it like dead the first one, but it was like very sparse, and yeah, this has this has just like people everywhere, stuff to find everywhere. There's more to find than just seeds I don't know i'm i'm it's it's working for me it's 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 not clicking with you just yet,
2: not quite yet i'm I really am just an old head, I guess that i the thing is I love to find three gems and then mm-hmm. find seven medallions. That are mm-hmm. all hidden across the world in temples mm-hmm. um, or perhaps, uh, you know, shards of of twilight and then mirror of twilight or whatever the <laughs> fuck those things right. were.
1: I feel you on the I, I like I like an old Zelda. I'm I'm old. I like to do some dungeons and have know exactly where I'm going at all times. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just have to like this for what it is. And I think that it it like was starting to click with me more as I got into Hyrule. I just I legitimately have not had enough time to have like a like a dedicated sesh with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the first puzzle that I encountered made me want to throw my switch across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll see how it goes.
1: I think the main thing is that the. uh the big hurdle that I had to overcome is just that the controls for making stuff are really obtuse
0: mm-hmm. at first.
1: And I just had a horrible time with it for about an hour. Once I realized how everything sort of clicked together a little better and I got used to that stuff, I started, I think, appreciating it a bit more and it started feeling a bit more like proper Zelda puzzle-y. It's just like, the instead of like they're walking into a room and there's a crate for you to push and you have to figure out where to. It's like oh, I have the crate in my backpack and I I can mm-hmm. put I can put a crate down and solve this puzzle and or like I can. And it's gen- it's, it's I, I think the other thing that helps is that it, it seems exceedingly generous and like what it will accept as a solution for something.
2: My my issue is that, like, I get to Hyrule, right. And you roll up on one of those booths with all of the building material in it. And mm-hmm. it's like clearly telling you, like, oh, if you're any fun, you'll build a car. And I'm like, well, too bad. I guess I'm not any fun because I don't want to build a car.
1: That actually so that that moment was the most confusing thing to me because it gives you stuff to build a cart there. Like there's wheels and a and a bunch of wood and stuff. But there's like no you don't have a horse at that point uh, and you don't have the like ability like later on, you'll get the ability to like get like put like a steering wheel on anything, which is really funny. And it will just like. Magically control the wheels of stuff, but like it does. That's not there, and so I was just I sat there for like twenty minutes, like, "What do you want me to build here?" And then I realized that it was just kind of a tease, I guess. But uh, uh yeah, I don't. Know. You could do you could do what you want in that game, which is nice. Um, it's not gonna, I, I, it's it's not gonna like yell at you for not building a nuts and bolts contraption, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I like think is going to be key to my enjoyment. Is just like staying on rails and doing the main quest and that is what i will do and for what
1: it's worth i've been doing some of the main i like i did the first proper story like dungeon thing and it was really fucking cool the dungeon itself is maybe not like as elaborate as like a proper old school zelda dungeon but it has the swag of one if that makes sense like nice it has like unique music and a great boss fight, and it's in a like unique place that just looks really cool. So so it, it's got that feel going for it, even if it's more Breath of the wild E gameplay.
2: Great. Otherwise, I still have Skyward Sword, the one I've never played. And so there's still an old Zelda out there for me.
0: That, just waiting. Yeah.
1: I've also never played that one. I think we had a similar contingency plan here. <laughs> uh, of like, if this one doesn't hit for me, <laughs> I do have that one that was so bad when I tried to play it on the Wii that I gave up immediately. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't have waggle controls anymore, so
0: true.
1: Yeah, I could just play it like normal style. But yeah, no, I don't know. We're 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 old school. And speaking of old school, you have a little you have a little update on some stuff.
2: I do. Share. Yeah. Speaking of going to um, going around to dungeons and picking up um, medallions or perhaps <laughs> runes, um, my my rare item had had has arrived for my seventh saga collection, the Hell Elnard yes. Encyclopedia of Adventure.
1: That's so cool. It's I'm so cool. stoked. So it's what, really so what small? is it? Yeah, you posted a picture in Discord, and it, I was I I was picturing like a coffee table book for some reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, but- it's like a small little. I mean, like I'm not disappointed at all because now it just feels Mm-mm. like a like a little. It's a little adventure guide, right? It's yeah, it's like a little booklet. Um, and it's it's really neat. It's all in full color. It has maps to all of the locations, and it's just artwork that I've never seen before, which is very cool. There's like little so sick. Ch- there's little chibi characters in there of art I've never seen before. It's very neat.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I didn't realize because the photo on the front made me imagine that it was going to be full of like. Cool, but unrelated photography and stuff, right? Like it was going to be all pictures of castles and cities and whatnot.
2: Oh, don't worry. Every single location also has an unrelated real world photo of a city or a castle or a landscape. Um, Let's
0: go. Like
2: really small in like next to the like name of the town or the name of the dungeon. (laughs) Um, And I feel like if I knew anything about like famous locations, they would probably Mm -hmm. be recognizable, but they're like, the tier of like semi-famous that I can't really identify what they are, but I'm like, uh, somebody knows what this is. And I it's not can't me. wait to
1: look at this. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to like snipe a bunch of these. If it's like pictures of like castles or like, I, cause the thing in the front, is, I think a picture of a bacilla in Spain, but I, it's like, just, just all, all pictures of like medieval buildings and stuff. It, it, that's such a cute detail. Uh, It is.
2: It's so strange
1: though. So is this an official art thing? Like are the, is the, are the, the character art and, and all that stuff. Is that like official stuff or is that all, is it, is this a guide that was like sort of an unauthorized one where they, uh, where it's like clearly like a, not, not like fan art, but like, you know, not, not the production artists.
2: I have no earthly idea. Um, I, I want to say it's unofficial. Um, I'm going to be combing through it because I just got it like an hour ago or whatever. I'm yeah. going to be combing through it looking for like an Enix logo or something that mm. that indicates that it might be official. But I feel like it isn't. But maybe right. it is. Who knows? We've got
1: so many mysteries to solve here. We've mm. got to figure out why... The name Elnard was chosen and whether or not it was based on the watches. (laughs) Uh, We've got to figure out if this is official art or or fan or, or, you know, unauthorized stuff. I'm I'm so delighted by this. Uh, Mid masterpieces uh, of years gone by. That's um, right. Have a have a special place in my heart.
0: Mm hmm.
1: I've been building out my uh, I can't remember if I've talked about this at all on here. I've been building out my like PS2 and GameCube and Xbox collection of just like old games. Um, uh, so I, I've definitely been hunting down a bunch of like really good seven out of tens. Right. Which is the which is the I, I think Seventh Saga. It's even in the name Seventh Saga. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's like the, it's like the, the, the best one of those. It's, it's, it's so cool unearthing this stuff.
0: hmm
2: Might uh, be closer to next? a five out of ten. If I'm <laughs> not, a, not
1: a, not a seven. Uh, not a, original not a mid-
2: Elnard might be a seven, but the Seven mm. Saga, uh, due to the difficulty concerns, might be closer to a five.
1: <laughs> so you've got the, uh... You've got, like, the Super Famicom, like, like cartridge now as well, right? I You've do, got the old... yeah.
2: With the box and the booklet mm-hmm. and all that stuff. H- has there been...
1: Is Seventh Saga slash Elnard... Like, is there enough of a following that someone has, like, done a fan patch for the ROM or something where it's like, here is the English translation with the Japanese difficulty or anything like that?
2: Um, I it, it's... I believe someone is either working on it or it has already been finished.
1: Okay. okay. So, yes, like,
2: tentatively.
1: Cool. Yeah, because it would be nice to be able to, like, have that experience without buying a Super Famicom, right? Right, like, yeah. I'm always struck by how different the, like, NES and the Famicom and the Super Nintendo and the Super Famicom are. Like, we used to just get different consoles.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: which is like so weird that stopped I think around the GameCube era, but or N sixty four no because there was a sixty four DD which we never got here. Right. Uh, that stuff always fascinates me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: Zelda was a fucking disc game. Zelda came on like floppy disks, right. like the original one. Just weird yeah. shit like that that Very we just strange. never. <laughs> um. What's your next like item of interest for Elnard?
2: Um. The I let me I think the only two things I'm missing are the phone card and the mystery mm. booklet that I still haven't messaged the the person oh, on right. the forum that just has this this mystery booklet that I can't figure out what it is, but other than that, um maybe adding an honorary Elnard watch in, I think I've got it all.
1: Mm, yeah, there's some cool ones. I, that the watches are so I'm so curious if there's any connection there, because it's like a Japanese only watch company. I think they might be related to Alba, which is the company that made uh, your Yoshi watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just like, what's the what's the lineage here? But there's some very cool ones. Um, do you have like uh, any that you're like zeroing in on?
2: Yeah, I really like the moon phase, and you mm-hmm. found one that's, like, in pretty good condition, uh, but it would have to be shipped from Japan, um, yeah. and it's, like, one of those things where the watches themselves are pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would not call them very desirable watches, but I'm sure, like, the shipping would be $100 or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, the shipping would, it would be, like, at least the price of the watch, right? mm mm-hmm. They pop up on like eBay every now and then for like not crazy shipping prices, um, so I'm I'm keeping an eye out. The one that I'm I'm still the most interested in, just like if you're like, what the fuck is this? Is the one that I sent you that's like a total rip off of the Cartier Tank,
0: which mm-hmm. is like a
1: twenty thousand dollar watch, but they've like got it's got really fucking weird numbers on it.
0: Like, it's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh it's a uh, Fun, fun mystery. We're we're gonna get you Elnarded out. It's so exciting. That's right. Getting the full collection going. I'm I've been diligently poking around trying to find if there's like any existing like concept art or anything out there. But I, I just there's nothing. These right. g- these games. There's all these stories about like the Super Nintendo and PlayStation One era of Square Enix, where like it's so sad that like. There's like not backups of like the original Final Fantasy seven art and stuff like that. Like they just when it was done, it was done and they tossed it all out. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's yeah. so sad. Wow. And I'm ho- I'm hoping that like Elnard, there's some Elnard stuff that's been kept somewhere.
2: You just know it's in a box somewhere, though.
1: Yeah, we we've we've had a like I said, busy, busy week of not playing Zelda and not searching for watches on eBay. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of news to get to though before we get to our chapters. Um nothing too major because of course I can't look too deeply into anything cuz I don't want to get spoiled on on anything. But there was a kind of an unavoidable thing uh, after the last episode the trailer for the new movie hit.
2: Exciting.
1: Did you watch it? Did you did you take a peek?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think I made it all the way through though. <laughs> it was, I'm, not, it's, I'm not very good at watching trailers.
1: It, I mean, especially when you have like zero context for anything that's going on. I, I it was there's a lot of um, a lot of trailer lines in it, shall we say? Of mm-hmm. Just uh, and who knows if that's on the on the movie itself or just the way it's edited. But it was it was sure hitting me with a lot of like, person says epic thing and then <laughs> cut <come> to some. <laughs> action and just just not not grabbing me I did have a laugh though there is one part where there is a uh you see district 12 like a train station and there's a big like painting like a mural on the side of this brick building that's a like total like soviet idealism like workers of the world unite ass looking uh uh coal miner thing and i was just like huh Huh, okay what
2: could could that mean (laughs) huh
1: hmm okay um but yeah no i i I couldn't i could not uh look too deeply into any of that stuff just because uh you know i don't i don't want to know what happens just yet
2: Um, and it's a prequel right
1: yes it's about
2: Uh, the president
1: president who we have not met yet he's been mentioned but we have not encountered him just yet i believe
2: i wonder if he is the songbird or the snake
1: Ooh, that is a line in the trailer that is wait really well not literally there there is some (laughs) there is some like i am i I, it's been like a week since i watched it but it was just like a (laughs) i snakes and bats snakes and and birds are natural just just you know that kind of kind of thing that kind of Something that you would expect from like a Batman: The Animated Series episode.
2: <laughs> I mean, The Hunger Games so far has had some epic moments, so
1: yeah, there's where we have some in this very chapter to get to. We that sure are. do. <laughs> um, and there was one more article uh, that I found that was cracking me up, uh, which is from a new a new clickbait website that I had not seen before called Movie Web. Um. <clears throat> That is like a carbon copy of like the screen rant style that we have, we have enjoyed for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have an article, a listicle from the other day, the hunger games, 10 reasons it's the best dystopian franchise. Uh, and uh I I could like I said, I couldn't I couldn't get too far. And I just read the headline of a couple of them, like the first few. And uh, number eight is PETA and Gail signify slightly different things. (laughs) So that's awesome.
2: Slightly Um, different.
1: I really I really uh, I'm really excited to learn more about movie web when when we've gotten in a little further and I can look for stuff about specific books. Um there's also an article from Game Rant which is Screen Rant for games. I don't know why they're writing this is all very confusing. So I'm on Game Rant which is a spin-off of Screen Rant for games, but they're talking about the Hunger Games movies here. Um but a very thought-provoking question here, was the Hunger Games renaissance planned all along? <laughs> Uh, and I, like I said, I I skipped, I kind of skimmed the beginning just to avoid anything, but there's a second segment titled, how did the Hunger Games Renaissance start? And then a third one, why are people talking about the Hunger Games again? And then the final one, did the studio start this on purpose? And uh, so now there's conspiracy theories about why we're talking about Hunger Games again. Um... And I just wanna know, did your check from uh whatever, who makes Hunger Games? Who makes the Hunger Games movies?
2: No idea. Cause,
1: cause we we've got it if if this was a plan fit it's Lionsgate, okay.
2: Yeah, so I, was, Lionsgate. I was busy spending all of my Lionsgate <laughs> bucks. We were
1: <laughs> We we were living high on the hog. Uh, too busy to record, uh, because we were spending our ill-gotten Lions Gate gains. <laughs> All right. Time to get cracking, I think. Shall we, you want to talk about our chapters?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Shall we do them both at the same time like we have been?
1: I think so. This, this, this is one chunk of story here. It's one idea. <laughs> All yeah. right.
2: So we read chapter six and seven um, in chapter six. We open um, at the training center uh, where each district has their own uh, floor and Katniss has a luxurious room with a luxurious shower full of luxurious soaps um, and is observing all of that. Um She arrives for dinner with PETA, Hamish, Effie, and the stylists. Um, They are served by a girl that Katniss blurts out that she recognizes to the alarm of her uh, dinner companions. Um, It is explained to Katniss that the girl is an AVOX, which is someone who has had their tongue cut out for committing a crime. Um, PETA sort of jumps in and covers for Katniss, recognizing her, saying that she, haha, she looks like someone from school. but unfortunately, this means that Katniss is going to have to uh, explain to Peta why um, why she knows her. Um, Peta shows her a spot that they can talk in private, which is on the roof of the training center. Um, and basically, is like, okay, well, explain why you knew that uh, that girl. Um, and Katniss relays the story to him uh, and to us, which is that um, one time she and Gail were hunting in the woods. Um, And they saw a boy and a girl running away, terrified from a hovercraft. um, And the hovercraft um, harpooned the boy, killing him instantly. Uh, But the girl was hauled up in a net and made eye contact with Katniss as she was being taken away. And Katniss thinks that maybe by her being a bystander to the girl being taken away is sort of like being a bystander to the Hunger Games. Hmm. That was chapter six. Um, chapter seven, it's finally time for training. Um, that morning, Hamish gives them the option to train alone or separately, um, and they have to decide right now. So Katniss and Peeta get into like a fun little spat about who has more Hunger Games skills, arguing that the other is underselling themselves as some sort of strat. Um, Katniss has her bow skills, after all, and Peeta has his strength and wrestling skills. Um, this sort of culminates as their, their argument heats up um, in PETA saying that Katniss doesn't know the effect she has and Katniss gets mad and makes reference to the bread incident and is like, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have said that. How embarrassing. Um, Katniss and PETA, after all of that, decide that they're going to train together and listen to Haymitch, um, who advises them to, to not reveal their Hunger Games skills until they're away from everybody else and having private training sessions. Um, it is finally time for the training and we go into kind of the the training uh, center where all the other tributes are and there's like booths set up with different survival and weapon skills. Um, however, they avoid the bow skills booth and the strength booth, I guess. Um, and they kind of go around and they go to the knot tying booth and the camouflage booth um, that Peta's really good at. Um, Katniss also gives us some information about some of the other tributes, um, that are known as careers. And they're basically kids that have been raised and trained to win the Hunger Games. Um, over the course of all of this, they sent, spend about three days in training. Um, and at some point Katniss also notices that like the little 12 year old tribute has been following them around, um, Peta and Katniss also have a little argument about pretending to get along for the sake of Haymitch's advice, um, and she thinks that maybe Peta is better at pretending than than she is. Um, but they agree to only pretend in front of other people that they uh, they like each other and are getting along. Um, uh, it's it's time after like their three day session that um, all the tributes have like a private little display for the game makers, um, and it's Katniss's turn to show off her skills and so she she picks up a bow um, but it's a little different than the ones she knew Um, and she's like the last um, last person to perform for the day and so the game makers are like not very interested and they're like eating a feast or whatever and not paying attention to her so she gets really mad she turns the bow to them and she shoots um, through an apple that's in a roast pig's mouth and storms out of there Um, and that's the end of our chapters
1: I, I'm saying this with the most affection possible. hmm. This book is so much stupider than I thought it was going to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is.
1: It's so stupid. Compliment, Aff- confident, positive, affectionate. This, there is some dumb shit in here that is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Ending that, that, uh, that whole story sequence. With the same fucking interrupting someone with with a surprising cool violence trick. Come on. This, we, we just did that on the train.
2: Katniss. Should've, she should have said happy Hunger Games.
1: Happy Hunger Game, Yeah, I. Judges. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I am. So delighted by how extra this has been. I don't, I just, do you not, am I, am I alone in this? Did, did, were you under the impression that this series was going to be like way more serious than it is? Or not, because it's serious, but it's like way, way, way less pulpy, I guess.
2: Uh, yeah, I didn't know much about it, so I didn't have that many expectations. But yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this goofy.
1: It's talked about in such hushed tones all the time about b- being this like, you know, incredible story of struggle and rebellion and, and the violence is so shocking and, and, you know, different than, than other YA stuff. But it's like, no, this is, this feels like pure unfiltered YA here. And I, you know, not even as a criticism, really. It's just like, this is so much more pulpy and, soapy and and full of stock action tropes and stuff than I was expecting.
2: Yeah, it's super soapy like this. These chapters more than any of the others, I think.
1: Yeah, there there is some really goofy stuff in here. Um, rewinding back to the beginning here, I, I I find this stuff in the training house kind of fun but there are uh, there are a bunch of like little asides that I'm just so I, I'm still piecing. You know, we're piec- we're on politics watch. We're piecing together the the vibe of like the Capitol and District Twelve and all that. Did you catch the thing right at the beginning where she talks about how she got a medal for her father's death?
2: Yeah, is this the second time it's been mentioned or?
1: I, I remember there, I think last time it was that there was a ceremony and then she got two weeks of, like, stuff. Right. And now there's a medal involved. Yeah, this time
2: she rode an elevator to go get a medal. The
1: the government signifiers here are all over the place. What is this? Because the, the medal thing just feels like another very, ster- like, like, American movie about. Space communists or something, thing, right? Where there's, oh, there it's all militarized and there's medals for everything, right? And the workers get medals for for getting blown up in the mine, or it's just very. I don't know what's going on here. I, or rather, I think I do know what's going on here at this point, right? Like, <laughs> um The elevator scene is kind of cute though, just because I I I liked I appreciated the glimpse of Katniss. Being like a kid, and her being like, "I want to ride the elevator again. Like, can we go back down and ride it again?"
2: Right. Yeah, that is cute.
1: I was like, "Oh, there's a you know, that it's it's fun seeing a glimpse of like the the normal person inside the very hardened character or whatever. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- this is this whole it's soapy. It, it is soapy. There's there's." This drama is so like I wouldn't say forced because I don't think it's like bad or anything, but it's just so um, prominent and sillier and more frivolous until like, until we get to the AVOX stuff. than I was expecting mm-hmm. this book to to have this this like teen romance denial stuff is very, very goofy. Yeah, I feel like the obviousness with which Peta is being genuine when Katniss is saying, oh, he's lying or, oh, he's he's playing a trick on me is just, it's, it's dragging out a little bit.
2: I think it seems like the most obvious thing would be him just being genuine, but, like, also, <laughs> like, he's gotta want to win, right? Mm-hmm. So what's his strat?
1: Yeah, w- w- like, how... How accurate a read does Katniss have on him versus because it, it feels very inaccurate. It feels very much like he is being genuine and she is just reading the worst into it or or projecting what she would be doing uh in, in his situation, right? But the thing that I am I am just having a hard time getting a nail on predicting, the book in these chapters, once again, will not let Any like drama go unresolved by Katniss's internal narrative. Mm -hmm. We once again get her over explaining like every social faux pas that she notices and and uh, wondering aloud like, oh, could could this be could he be being genuine? You know, And, and I'm so like we're gonna get to the the end of this book and either it's gonna have pulled the longest book long con on us with her internal narrative or we will have called it from like chapter one of just like you can just take everything katniss says hyper literally because it's just she is describing the story omnipotently
2: yeah my money's on that um like sort of like i think that um i think she will realize that he's being genuine and she will declare that to us. Right.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of what she's been doing is that she uh, she has been fuming about it and going like, oh, he's you know, he's doing the strategy. We're doing the friend strategy. I don't know what his idea is. And then she will follow that up with a line break that goes like, or maybe he's being genuine. Right. Or maybe he really, really likes me or whatever. And it just I I think that the aunt she, she might be. Already on the money, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean that whole argument that they have, which is, I think, a very fun scene where they're both like, "Oh yeah, no, you're underselling yourself," and she, and she's like, "Um, oh, what does she say?" Um, oh, she gets like upset about him saying that she like has an effect on people, and then she's like, "What did he mean by that? It couldn't mean that he likes me, does it? It might,
1: yeah." Yeah, yeah, maybe (laughs) the 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 two. See, I I, I, I'm going to I think it's I I think we should like talk about the whole of the Katniss Peta relationship up front, maybe rather than going like chronologically here Mm -hmm. um, just because it'll be easier. Maybe there's two, I think, really good scenes between them, which are that argument, which is a lot of fun up until. There's a point where that argument flips that I'm very confused about that I I I I, I want to run by you. Um but also there's the scene where they're in the lunch hall and PETA starts explaining all the bread. Right. And that's such a very that's a very fun moment. And it, i I think that is the closest I've come to like, oh, this is being This is being more clever than I'm giving it credit for. Maybe because I feel like PETA is so being so genuinely himself there. Um, And the way Katniss describes it is like, oh, he's so smart. He's so he he knows just how to pretend by uh, talking about his hyperfixations at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I think he might just be actually excited to talk to you about bread. Maybe. Yeah, I I do realize that some of this is is just uh, one of the. Uh, uh, the minor drawbacks of doing it in this like book clubby way is like uh, we're taking a while to get through and and, and reading like two chapters at a time. Um, But I think there have been enough chapters in a row where like stuff has kind of shaken out in a way where I can get a read on how Katniss's voice is meant to be taken that I'm not super confident that this book is doing anything Surreptitious with the relationship stuff just yet.
2: No. I mean, another point at like it not ever being surreptitious is the part where <laughs> she's like talking to PETA about the little girl that's following them around. And she's just like, mm. Rue, that's a flower. My sister's <laughs> name is a flower. Yes. <laughs> like, yes.
1: I don't think I've ever encountered a story where like, The characters themselves comment on how they have a fateful name, right? (laughs) That's so. There's nothing wrong with a good corny, like fateful name, but like it's it's it's, there's something. It's it's kind of scary when the characters start ruminating on them themselves. It's like the it's like if you were watching TV and suddenly a character like turned to face the camera and started talking to you. I don't know. It's like they they shouldn't be able to piece that together, right? Katniss has some of the weirdest uh, analogies in this chapter. Did you did you highlight um, that's a dark and creaky thing that moves like a snail and smells of sour milk?
2: (laughs) I forgot about that. What does
1: that mean? I don't know what
2: that means.
1: (laughs) a dark and creaky thing that moves like a snail and smells of sour milk and that's her describing like a bad vibe which i mean i guess that would be a bad vibe if something smelled of milk and moved slowly but i was just like what is this a <laughs> this this is like a i i would love this if it was if everyone was constantly talking about that if we, if this was a story where we were in a sci-fi world where people were just saying the most bonkers analogies that don't make any sense to us to like get a sense of their culture. That would be fun. But that would right. that just sort of blindsided me. Like what? <laughs> I would love a good like Darmok and Jalad episode of, uh of Hunger Games though. Mm-hmm. Just people, people saying completely inscrutable, inscrutable metaphors. Um. But yeah, Katniss and, and I nearly said Katna and Petis. (laughs) (laughs) Katna and Petis. All right. (laughs) Um, Katniss is sort of in denial about how helpful he is being in these situations. And. I would like to link that to her weird, cynical view of like solidarity, i.e. like she doesn't have one at all, right? Mm -hmm. There's a part in that argument that you brought up that I'm so confused by where what they're arguing about seems to flip completely because all of a sudden Peta's angle is that Katniss... Doesn't understand the effect she has on people, and this is after Katniss has been kind of arguing to us, the readers, that she is entirely self sufficient. Mm-hmm. But then, in this part of the fight, Katniss starts saying that, like, "Oh, but I had help. I had help from you," and like, right. like that. And so I, like, what do you? Is is, is do you? What do you think's going on there? Is this like, is this just inconsistent characterization? Is that her doing a move?
2: I don't think it's like super. I think that it is trying to be her weak point, right? Mm. Like that's that's the insecurity that she wasn't self-sufficient. She wasn't providing for her family and she did need help in that moment. And she hates that. Yeah. Okay. that's how I read it.
1: Yeah, but also it feels just,
2: really forced for the sake of an epic argument.
1: Yes, I think that's maybe where I'm getting stuck on it is that it feels like the total opposite of what they've been arguing about up until this point, which might be like. Maybe that's like a deft pivot to like the real problem, right? Like th- that this is what they're actually arguing about. But the fact that she recognizes that that is that was help and uh, hates it a little bit is very interesting. That was one of my favorite parts of the earlier chapters. But it's just this part where she sort of like meekly goes like, but I did have help, you know, like all of a sudden it it feels like she's saying she, she's like saying that she appreciates that or or that like he doesn't recognize. it. I don't know. I I was just taken aback by that a little bit.
2: Yeah, it feels like it's like a premature realization on her part, mm-hmm. literally for the sake of the... Soap opera argument that they're having.
1: Yes, it's very it's very blowout TV argument, you know. Yeah, it's it's not bad or anything, but I I was just like very uh uh, I, I was trying to like like track the the ping pong ball of like who was arguing about what, and I I kind of like missed a stare there. I think of just like.
2: No, I I think that the content of their argument like took a secondary. Um, significance to like it aping this kind of scene, right? Because this is Mm -hmm. like I mean, it's not the words that they say, but it is the soap opera scene where two characters are arguing and then it ends like with them still angry but one saying like, well it's because I love you. (laughs) Right. Yes.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's the this is an OC argument, the show, not the concept.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also think this is probably a case of Katniss also just like being, um, uh, resolving conflicts in her own head, right? Is she's mm-hmm. going to jump to that point of like, oh, that's my, that's my weakness that I'm gonna say in this, this mm-hmm. blowout <laughs> argument, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, this argument also has one of my favorite, just the mouthfeel on this phrase here. This is this is not quite as 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 nuts as, uh, as the snail thing. But I, I, I did get a laugh out of uh, I'm gonna just, just going to read the whole the whole paragraph here because it just the way that this ends is so funny to me. I hear Pita's voice in my head. She has no idea the effect she can have. Obviously meant to demean me, right? But a tiny part of me wonders if this was a compliment. Again, we're getting
2: <laughs> just,
1: the scene just explained. Just cut that
2: part out. Just, just say it was meant to demean me, period.
1: Yeah, just, just, we don't need the explanation. Um, but then... Uh, uh, that he meant that I was appealing in some way. Hmm. Uh, it's weird how much he's noticed me, like the attention he's paid to my hunting. And apparently I have not been as oblivious to him as I imagined either. The flower, the wrestling. I have kept track of the boy with the bread.
2: The boy with the bread.
1: <laughs> I have kept track of the boy with the bread. It's such a bloody <laughs> line. I'm, that one's just been ping-ponging around in my head all week.
0: <laughs> it's just like a...
1: I have been keeping track of the boy with the bread. It's like a, it's a real cellar <laughs> door feeling on that
2: one. It does. Uh,
1: but yeah, I overall for for as much of a sticking point if I, as I have with like the beginning or the with the end of that argument, I do think it's a fun scene just because I, I do I I love some character drama and this was pretty good for that. And I also like. All of these scenes where where they are sort of taking some initiative and and and, and planning stuff and, and 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 talking about stuff while Haymitch is just sort of there and like not <laughs> not commenting on any of it. Just a very funny mental picture I'm having of two people like the two people having a soap opera argument. Already a fun scene. But then you have to remember that there's like this middle aged guy like sitting there just watching it.
2: Like, yeah, and it's Woody Harrelson.
1: It's Fuck, I forgot that it's Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is just sitting there watching <laughs> these two people. It's just like, okay, are you done yet? There's just a there's a fun <laughs> image to be had there. Um, Kind of uh, parallel to this 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 PETA and Katniss relationship stuff and they're pretending to be friends stuff. We got to talk about this this AVOC scene and this dinner party where PETA comes to the rescue and how fucking crazy this whole thing is and how much it escalates
2: yeah can i just say that when Peta jumps in to like cover for katniss i legitimately when i was reading thought that he was jumping in as a dumb guy that didn't like understand the issue and was just gonna be like oh yeah i i know her but like genuinely and then i was disappointed that it wasn't that I was like, oh, darn.
1: It would be so much funnier if he just like after Katniss had just realized that this was some faux pas, he just like tripled down. Like, oh, yeah, that would have been a lot more fun, I think, because instead we get a real, (laughs) a real (laughs) roller coaster of stuff here. So first of all, Avoxes. Yeah. So they like wear white robes and they have their tongues cut out and they're like servants. So these are like. These are eunuchs e- eunuchs of the mouth, i suppose
2: <laughs> Eunuchs of the YA. <laughs> y a
1: why ya 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 yaix the work on that one ya y- like what do you picture this world as currently?
2: I, I don't I, have a picture other than what's yeah. in the movies there's there's zero um imagery to me,
1: yeah, i just the because even before we get to the AVOX stuff, we we have that scene, that, and and actually I I will shout this out. I do think that this is a fun scene where Katniss is in her uh her quarters and she like goes to the Jetsons shower, has the most perfect shower ever, and then like comes out and like gets this perfect outfit, and then orders like perfect food from the from the like replicator or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I appreciate what that does for her character. I, that's exactly the sort of stuff I was hoping for in earlier chapters where it's like I want to see her if not outright getting tempted by at least enjoying the spoils of this shitty regime but there's also no getting around that there's a Jetson's shower that can magically untangle your hair with sound waves and um sounds great honestly I would love I would love one of these and uh and she orders food from the magic food thing and I Like, I think that the bit with the Avoxes is, is like, trying to be a signal that, like, maybe this, like, fully automated luxury is not actually automated at all, right? She, like, has all this, like, tech at her fingertips, and then a real person has to, like, make that stuff for her and bring it to her and wait on her and stuff. That's what I'm hoping is the thing here, because otherwise we're just in, like, a really bad, like tos star trek episode (laughs) (laughs) we're on the planet where they cut people's tongues out how do we deal with that it's just a very out of nowhere scene
2: i kind of get the impression it's just trying to show how like fucked up the capital is but not in any like comprehensive way just like wow they'll do that to someone
1: It, it feels so fantasy novel to have this sort of like Religious sect of of punished people thing, uh, wearing robes and whatnot. That I I was just so taken aback. And then the story that this leads to, where Katniss and Peeta go up to the roof. Oh, first of all, they go up to the roof and then have a very long conversation about whether they can have a safe conversation on the roof. That sucks all of the tension out of oh, the it's scene. So just-
2: boring. I would not have wondered. I would not have been like, oh, I hope they weren't overheard. I would have just accepted it. They're on the roof.
1: Or or the other way around, have them like do this and then get in trouble for it. And then maybe we can see whether or not it was like safe up there to talk, right? like
0: mm-hmm.
2: There's like some stuff about wind chimes being loud so that they could talk. It's just... So stupid.
1: And there's the there's the um there's like the electricity wall, so you can't jump off. Which I think that's the best detail of that, right? Is the I I I think that the the one bit about that that works is that that this like very luxurious palatial estate that they're all training in has like no escape route, right? Like that that's that's just fun. That, that's fun, basic, easy storytelling stuff. But okay, so. Katniss recognized this this AVOX because she has a recurring nightmare memory of this thing that we have not seen her talk about at all yet Um, until this moment of watching a guy get harpooned by a uh, Jetson's hovercraft. (laughs) I was losing my I genuinely similar to the the bit where she like mentions that she recognized the the woman at all. I was like, Oh, did I miss something had we met a redheaded character earlier in the book and I, and I had forgot. but no, it's that she has this this really powerful memory of this thing with Gail that I almost would have like, should this not be the cold open to the book?
2: Yeah, it probably should, huh.
1: Right. Am I like the the way that this is arranged is so backwards in that, like, she recognizes this woman and it's this big dramatic moment. But we don't know why. PETA has to tell a lie, saying that she looks like another character that we have never met. And never got and like like now was never mentioned. And then we find out that the answer is, is that uh if you were if you were perhaps on the hunt for clues or, or or like trying to piece things together is that actually the key information is that is that Katniss saw a tie fighter shoot a guy like <laughs> it's just it's a little backways i think like yeah. it, there's not much drama here
2: yeah it does like maybe one of my least favorite like per- first person perspective um things where like it feels like the the character is just, like, realizing very important things about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I get that it can't just, like, like, the information has to be relayed to us somehow, but um, her just being like, oh, this, like, super traumatic thing I witnessed that one time, I'm remembering it because I saw this, this
0: lady. Yes.
1: It's
2: just, it's weird.
1: It's it's just clunky, right? Because I I love a good first-person narrative. I love uh, when first-person characters lie. Mm -hmm. And I think a core... And and again, this is something that I can't fully judge until we finish the book. But so far, Katniss doesn't lie about anything. And also, uh, I think the jury is still out. I'm leaning towards, like, she's kind of not... She's never wrong about stuff so far, right? Mm -hmm. And so... There's not much tension in this scene and not not it, it, it doesn't really hit for me because as like grisly as this moment is, I just have no way to respond to it other than like it's kind of funny that this has never come up until now that, <laughs> that, that you she's been telling us all of these like like it's not like Katniss hasn't told or hasn't like relayed us stories unrelated to things happening so far, right? Like, we've heard a million stories about her dad. We had the whole thing about her mom. We've heard a lot of stories about what it was like trading with Gail, even after Gail has sort of, like, exited the picture. She's always, she's constantly reaching back into her memory to explain something to us, right? Um, And that's fun. And I'm so surprised that this isn't one of the, like, if, if you're imagining this as someone telling you a story In first person, like them just going like, oh, by the way, I like, are you are you wondering who this mysterious person was? Funny story. I saw a guy get harpooned. (laughs) Uh, I hadn't covered that in all of my stories about what it was like to live in the hell dystopia where I was hunting squirrels and being attacked by uh, attacked by dogs and and had to trade for 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 grain. Just just had not. In, the, in all of the ills of the capital that we had we had been subjected to so far, she had not mentioned the fact that they drive around in tears of the kingdom hovercrafts and like shoot people with big harpoon guns, right? Like,
2: I feel like what kills me about it is that I get the feeling that if she, she hadn't seen this character, it would have never come up. For, yes,
1: I, yes, that is the perfect way to to, uh, to 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 like point out why this is so silly feeling. Uh, it, it, like, there, that is the only reason this information exists, is to mm-hmm. make that connection. It's a total closed loop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. That, yeah, that, 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 yeah, spot on. This is, this is totally superfluous information if it weren't for the fact that she had seen this woman. Right. So, there's no, no value to it. No, it's just empty calories, right? Like, it's yeah. just...
2: I mean, she tries uh, to like turn it into a lesson that I don't even think I really agree with. Yeah, like a lesson about being a bystander. <laughs>
1: yeah, bystander. The bystander thing is so weird because it's like, yeah, they had a they had a RoboCop robot there. Like you're, it's there's a there's feeling guilty that you saw something horrible happen and then there's like oh i should have like what was she going to do like shoot the driver with, the, with like i guess she could, actually based on her bow and throwing knife skills i guess she probably could have like sniped the driver through the eye or something or
2: sniped the rope and dropped the net out of the ooh you know yeah she did nothing
1: she did nothing
2: yeah, I guess that's
1: true. I guess knowing her skills, maybe it's reasonable that she feels like she did nothing. It's like, oh, I guess so. Um, but yes, a very. Uh, it's it's just imparted to us uh, in this in this fashion that's so weird. I this is such a funny connection to make, but. Um, I mentioned I mentioned uh, on another episode recently that i had been watching Batman Beyond. Mm hmm. And uh, the I great show had a great time with it. I do think that the last episode is very weird. Do you remember the episode where uh, in Batman Beyond, where Terry McGinnis has to explain to Max why he doesn't want to tell anyone else that he's Batman? No okay, so there's there's this episode where like Max makes a joke this, this, this quick setup here Max makes a joke that th- uh, uh that like sort of ties Terry to Batman he gets really mad and then he like tells this flashback story about how like oh well uh one time I had to show a kid my face to get him to uh, not be scared of me when I was rescuing him. But then unfortunately that kid was kidnapped by some guys who dressed up as snakes. And also they had the power to read people's minds and they uh, read read the kid's mind and they found out they were going to find out that I was Batman uh, because they were looking through his memories and trying to find who Batman was. And that's 90% of the episode is all that happening. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, I don't know why we needed the frame story here. <laughs> like, <laughs> that just seems like a cool episode. That just, just seems like an episode of Batman. And it, it was just like this episode that had, a, had like a two minutes at the beginning and end of Terry McGinnis saying, oh, uh, would you like to hear a Batman episode? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I would. I don't know why this had to have a frame story. So this is similar where I'm just like. I you, this could have just like happened. I don't know what what arranging it in this order really does for the story.
2: Yeah, like an opening to a book, perhaps.
1: hmm. Yeah, like I, I, if if the, if this had opened the book and we had like immediately seen like what the level of technology was, how uh ill-equipped the people of the districts were to fight the hovercrafts and mutant dogs of the uh of the capital would be i i think that that would have made some of this stuff a lot clearer earlier maybe Mm -hmm. um but as it stands it's just sort of like a goofy one-off scene that as you say has no it only happens because this other thing happened right not much uh verisimilitude ver- ver- here.
2: Yeah, I think that if I was going to get anything out of this, too, it would be some sort of, like, character drama between Katniss and Peta as a result of Katniss telling this story. And I don't think mm. there is any unless I'm forgetting something.
1: Yeah, there... Yes, I, there needs to be some hook to make this matter to the story that's ongoing, I guess. And it's like, I, you could have, like, either... Like, what if Peta did hear this and when it's fucked up that you didn't do anything. Right? right? W- which would be like unreasonable, but it would be some character drama, right? Of him like hearing that and going like, "Wow, yeah, that was fucked up of you to do." Um or if this guilt that Katniss clearly feels manifested anywhere and like because if 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 Peter heard this and was like, "That's horrible, but you can't beat yourself up about that they had a fucking harpoon gun
0: right <laughs> right um
1: and she was like wallowing and saying like oh i could i could i could have sniped the pilot out i could i could have uh i could have done an epic maneuver and cut the rope right like, like it, either way that would have been very helpful i think to make this scene and that might also make the fact that she had like not it It would make it more of like a a memory buried because she doesn't want to think about it and being as being now forced to think about it rather than just like a pat explanation of who this avox was mm-hmm. um yeah, I just very we spend a long time on this thing. That's my main thing. This is the most checking my watch chapter of the book so far I'm just like. Can we do some training? Can we like see the Hunger Games? I was just, I was just kind of confused as to why so much time was being spent here for the payoff of her saying, "Wow, it was just like I was watching the Hunger Games." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I'm reading the Hunger Games right now." Show me, show show me the Hunger Games. I don't know. I was, we took a weird detour there. To, <laughs> To talk about like guilt and being a bystander and being a participant. I just I thought that's what the story's already about.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Um very, very odd. Uh you know, a bit of wheel spinning, I guess. I don't know.
0: hmm
1: Um, but fear not, because the I guess the other main part of this chapter. That's really important to talk about. That's a lot of fun is the uh, is the actual training stuff and the uh, uh, the evil career fair that they go to.
2: It's so funny.
1: Yeah. What do you what do you what do you make of all of this?
2: It's it's so goofy. Like we talked about at the start where it's just like I. I think I agree that I thought this was going to be a lot more serious and then they go mm-hmm. to the evil career fair where they're teaching them how to like tie knots and like paint camouflage on themselves and it's just it's really silly.
1: It's really really funny. I just I I like and not in a bad way even. I was I was delighted by all this, but I was just like this is so not what I was expecting. Uh they're even in like a school gymnasium basically and they're like Dividing up into groups to go and talk to different uh, uh, instructors who will help them with different tactics. And like, I just kept coming back to how labored and kind of ill-fitting the school metaphor stuff is in this story, where like... They're like the, the, we, we've talked a bunch about how funny it is that they have like normal public school in this hell future. Like that was just the one American institution that the author was like, oh, that'll still be that'll <laughs> always be there. And, and, and not only will it still always be there, will have evolved uh, as such that there is a public school where you get to go to like knife throwing class as an elective at the <laughs> beginning of the year. I was just really tickled by this uh what are the classes with the the, they mention? there's there's not tying and like snares and stuff Mm -hmm. there's knife throwing there's archery but uh, but katniss avoids that to to not give the game away so it's not mentioned as a station but in that blowout argument they have uh oh no it's not it's when they're talking about rue um when 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 PETA and, and Katniss are talking about Rue, one of them mentions that, like. uh, in, al- Also, this is for other reasons, just a very uh, uh clumsy or not clumsy, but just like kind of an on the nose analogy here. It's like, oh, what's a what's a sling going to do against a big man with a sword? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is it? What is it? What is a slingshot against a giant? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> is there perhaps some (laughs) some imagery here you want us to think about uh but 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 key word there sword are they learning sword are they doing swords they're gonna they're gonna be be swords here
2: yeah there's there was maces that one year
1: (laughs) we got swords we got maces this sounds all right they're they're playing they're playing chivalry too out there this is pretty cool they're like hitting each other with swords and spears and and maces This is but also they have harpoon guns and Jetsons hovercraft and stuff. So interesting. Has has, guns have been mentioned, right?
2: I don't. Yeah, because guns are illegal, right?
1: Right. Yes. Uh, Guns are illegal. You can't have a gun in the districts. And I swear to God, I don't know if I highlighted it, but I think. The Katniss at one point makes a glib comment that's like, oh, you couldn't get me to do that if I was at gunpoint or something or or I will right. make sure. Maybe it was like a Haymitch thing of like, I'll make sure Haymitch is there if it has to be at gun. something like that gunpoint is mentioned. So maybe they do. Maybe they do get guns. Um, th- this is my main problem with this book at the moment, I think beyond. Any of like the the story stuff, this is just more of like an aesthetic thing. We keep on hearing about the coolest dumb shit, and I want to hear about all of it. And we're just not getting any. Yeah, I want I want every career fair guy in detail. I want to know all about the not expert and the, the 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 like knife throwing expert I want to know what all of the uniforms are on the career tributes, which are mentioned as being like, oh, they all had like different uniforms that are really cool and not, and not like ours. And I'm like, well, fucking tell me what they're like. Uh, uh, yeah. They're
2: showing off, but it doesn't tell us how they're showing off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't get any of it in the, in like the opening ceremony. We don't know what the other tributes like, like outfits look like. I was just, I, I, that's the stuff I crave in a setting like this. I need every last morsel of like what weird shit is going on uh, in the periphery.
2: Yeah, that's like I still I still can't believe we didn't get told what the frickin themed ceremony outfits were from the other districts. And then we go and we hear about the careers and I'm just like, OK, they're intimidating people, but how?
0: Yeah, I guess just if they're being, like being
2: good at the axes or whatever.
1: <laughs> but I want to, yeah, I want to see how, and I want to know what they're, what they go, like what they, are like there are stylists. I want to know what like every tribute style is. Uh, it's like it's so weird to it's it's like a, it's like telling an ensemble cast story where you don't know who the rest of the ensemble is. Kind of, I'm like. I want to know all the weird details, and like maybe maybe the movie is gonna give us that uh but the movies have looked so drab that it, I just don't know like like everything for 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 as much as I will criticize the like unfortunate implications of like all the stylist like uh fashion stuff in the capital, I want to know all of it, right? like I need a picture in my head of how what this like flamboyant future fashion is and like Mm -hmm. we got a little bit of that but we're just getting none of it for the characters that matter which are the tributes uh which is a bummer because i would i would love to know what all these people's deals is and what the what they wore to the ceremony i don't know like like, yeah that's the one that i'm just like we just kind of glossed over that that's wild
2: it's really strange right like if you were sitting down to write a battle royale isn't the first thing you would do to become like come up with a cast of like quirky characters to be in the mm-hmm. battle royale
1: yeah or 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 at least make them like intimidating sounding villains to like take down right like oh this guy this guy's dressed up as a bear this guy's dressed this guy's got lightning hand i I don't know just any anything right i like this one has a cowboy hat <laughs> like just just give me we we need like quick. Shorthand for all these characters because they're not like main characters, right? Right. Um, and just not getting that is so disappointing. Um, I want to know I about this- like
2: the strats. Like like there's this huge deal made out of Katniss and PETA acting as a team, right? And I mm-hmm. guess that the like careers are like hanging out together or whatever, but are are the other districts are they like paired up or are they like separated and doing like a similar game where they're trying not to like show off what they're good at. I just have no yeah. idea. Yeah.
1: This, this, so there's, there, we get a little glimpse into that where, uh, Hamish compliments the stylist and, and on the hand holding thing and is like, it's just the perfect touch of rebellion or whatever. Right. Which implies that this is rare, that there's not really a, uh, um a, a, like a precedent for these people to be like working together as a pair mm-hmm. um and so this strategy they've come up with where they are being trained together uh and and are pretending to be friendly so they look like they're teammates, and so they might be like a duo like they're queuing duo or whatever <laughs> um I think is really interesting, but we have no frame of reference for uh, what the competition is or like what they're doing or like it, it, like it's almost surprising to me that the careers are like hanging out with each other because that cut, sort of sounds like what Pita and Katniss are doing. Right. And like maybe it would be more I, I, I maybe like I was expecting these characters to be like more at each other's throats immediately like in the training room. Right. Like. And and for Peta and Katniss to be the only ones with um any uh any like respect for each other up f- up front, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, the I don't think it's as bad. But to make a comparison to books that we've read on here before, the anytime strategy or shooting or uh, like any of that stuff comes up in this book. It sort of reminds me a little bit of um, of uh, how silly the Quidditch explanations got in Harry Potter, where everything was just like, "Oh, well, this person's really good, or this person's (laughs) strategy is really good," and I'm like, "Okay, what's the strategy? What is it? What are they doing that makes them good?" Uh, They're like. There's not much interest in uh, explaining to us what makes our characters strategies in a book about strategy like unique. The closest we get is like, oh, Katniss uh, can snipe a deer through the eyes to kill it, Um, which is like, okay, that's insanely difficult. How does she come? How did she train that? How did she learn that? What's her? How would she explain that stratagem to to (laughs) someone? Right. Like, I kind of want that stuff, even if it's bullshit. Like, I don't need you to be an archery expert to write about archery. but I don't don't know. I'd expect you to, like, crack open an archery book and, like, get a vibe for, like, what how an extra archery expert talks. Right. Yeah. Um. And so similarly, all of this stuff about, like, strategy and stuff has been so, like. Uh. Dry, I guess, because there's no Hamich has not uttered a single like military tactic yet, right? Mm-hmm. He's just been like, I'm gonna train you to be good at it. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, which makes them walking around and doing like little like freaking Boy Scout knot tying uh exercises very silly.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, this would have been the perfect place for it. I mean they they literally it's so funny that Katniss avoids the archery one until until it's time to show the game makers, because they do mention in this scene that she goes to that they go to the knife throwing table. Yeah, uh, she's afraid
2: of, at that. Right.
1: And so like what I want a conversation between Katniss, who is so good at throwing knives, uh, she did it really badassly on the train to impress Hamish. <laughs> right. I want her to talk to the other knife throwing expert. What, do they agree on knife throwing techniques? Does the guy have a technique that doesn't work for her? Does does she impress the guy who's throwing kn- Like, mm, that's the shit I want. Right. Like, I don't know shit. I don't know a dick about knife throwing, but like, I would happily read characters arguing about it. Right. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, <laughs> yeah, that that stuff is frustrating. I would I would love to get some detail there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um. We got detail about the camouflage booth that really confused me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that.
2: Uh, PETA goes to the... They go to the camouflage booth where they're, like, painting themselves. And PETA's really good at it and maybe paints a landscape on himself or not. I'm not sure if it was, like, a metaphor. um, Because he's really good at cake decorating and is very creative.
1: (laughs) This part... This is one of those things where it's very cute and also... A little silly like
2: I like Katniss's I, reaction to it where she yeah. like looks and is like wow that's really good um how how did he learn to paint uh a beautiful like sunbeam coming through a tree so well when he doesn't get to see that in his normal life and then it's just like that annoys me I think that's funny <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Katniss like describing a very charming thing about someone and going like damn that pisses me off is great <laughs> She's just like me for um, real. Yeah, I guess that that moment is uh, is is a, a little bit of what I want. And I, I think what she's saying when she when when she says that he painted a like uh like a the, the 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 Peta painted this like light coming through the trees or whatever is I think that he's doing like spackle camo type stuff. Like he's got like he he's got camo for like lying in a ditch in the woods or whatever. Um, and that's like cool, but the but like again, I am so confused that Katniss knows what that is, and we didn't get a scene where the expert explains to them what camouflage is, right? Like, <laughs> right. Or or a flashback to her dad teaching her to do it, or something, or 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 anything like that. A scene with her and Gale, but like it's just assumed that like oh, I guess Katniss knows how to do how to do woodland camo and also Peta does too because, like Peta being good at applying it makes total sense to me Peta knowing like just just being a natural at like doing like sniper camo it's like okay hold on a second <laughs> like katniss should be more suspicious about that maybe if that's really true Or I I don't know this just circles back to please for the love of God I would have loved to talk to these expert characters some I want to see like a camouflage master having to teach like high school aged kids like here's how you like (laughs) stay invisible in a sniper's nest like because that's the fucked up shit I want to see the fucked up shit like what's what's the society like
2: right I I want Katniss to strategize more, too. Like, I want her to think about what what she's going to use the skills for. She doesn't really do much of that. I'm surprised how
1: the the thing with the game makers shakes out. Um, And and Hamish's discussion with Katniss and Petis. I said it again. Katniss and (laughs) Petis. They have this discussion where they sort of weigh the pros and cons of like Revealing whether or not she's good at bows. And I. I don't know. Like, there's no again, it's a situation where there's like no drama there because Katniss, I guess, just decides in the moment. Yeah, I'll show them that I'm good at bows, which I would have wondered about the wiseness of because there's no discussion from any of the characters about like. Like. How do you know when you're showing the game makers your skills, whether they're going to help you or just completely fuck you, right? Like, why would you trust them? If they're making a death game.
2: Yeah, I mean, one time they made a game where there were just maces and we, <laughs> they split each other's head open with maces and it was really gross. And one time they made a desert with a bunch of poisonous snakes in it. So I, so I don't really know. I don't know what kind of strategy I would have in this situation. Yeah, I, like I,
1: the, the fact that, the, like I, I would have loved Haymitch to be the, the expert here and be like, even if he's not right, Say something like I don't know, like like if they're gonna argue about whether or not to do this, like have Hamish be like they don't care if you're good at something. They care, they they you know they want to be interested. And I think that that's the vibe that we get from uh, the scene where they're like you know they're they're eating food and talking and checking their phones and napping and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, by the way, one one detail about that that I, I did appreciate. It just in, like, the the parade of, like, evil school stuff, was, this was senior project day, right? <laughs> yeah. I,
0: th-
1: th- this, is, this is school project day, or, like, college presentation day. I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm going last. God damn it. Um. <laughs> um uh, but, like, the drama of this scene is so strange because Katniss wants to show them that she's good at bows, It goes into the scene with this with this objective to show them that she's good at bows, which I I think is. I wouldn't say like a a, like a poor choice, but like one I would have liked to see. Questioned in the text, right, of just like have some characters argue about this some more. Mm -hmm. And then Katniss does a bunch of stuff to prove that she's good with bows and they don't pay attention. And then she does something really cool with the bow and then walks out. It's kind of flat. Right. Like. I, I, I hate to just do like, uh, here's how I would write the book thing, but I, I this is just the scene that I feel so strongly about. If if the whole thing is that, uh, that, that that it's sort of ambiguous what to show the game makers and she goes in there and she sort of fumbles with the bow at first and then does something cool with the bow and they don't notice and then does something cooler with the bow and they do notice. Wouldn't it be better to have her go in with, like, the objective of, like, I am going to hide the bow thing so no one else knows about this? And then does a bunch of stuff that doesn't impress them and then gets pissed off and whips out a bow and does something insanely cool to impress them. Hell, yeah. And her, like, anger kind of gets the better of her here, right? Like, or, pri- you know, just, like, wanting to look cool, <laughs> like, kind of takes over, right? Or, like, in the moment, just caring about the game aspect. I I don't know. It just feels like there was no actual drama here.
2: Right. Yet again, a scene that exists sort of where the content is secondary to the aesthetic of of the epic epic scene, right?
1: Yes. And this is the most egregious one for that so far uh, is that this is this is a scene entirely constructed for her to uh to do something really impressive um and like we don't know we don't know enough about the game makers really to make it satisfying Uh, there's no internal conflict in her that like forces her to do something with the bow that makes it that interesting to me um but she does uh just like we're just getting these like epic quote tweet moments. These are the trailer moments for, for that I was talking about in the, for the uh, Songbirds and Snakes film, right. Of just like, there are things that just like you, you tack onto a scene as a stinger and they can be really fun. But if you do too many of them, they're just going to start kind of landing with a thud. And like, this is our third or fourth one of these, where I was just like, okay, I, would like some meat here.
2: I have a logistics question. Mm-hmm. You know how there's, like, force fields so you can't jump off the building? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just, I think that if you are the maker of a death game and you're just <laughs> and you're- going into a room with children that you've sentenced to death, basically, and the children yeah. have access to an arsenal of weapons... <laughs> Has something (laughs) really never happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No one's like, yeah.
2: If if they just
1: like put like a like an AK on the table, just in case someone's (laughs) really good with guns, and they're just like, okay, bang, 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 you're all dead. Like, just yeah, like just. (laughs) That's a really good point. I had not thought about that. At least put them behind glass, right? Like, damn.
2: I just it's like when the, when there's the force field to stop you from jumping out the building, there's sort of that like, oh, something must have happened. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. They would only have this rule if someone had broken it. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no one's thrown an axe at these guys.
1: No one's no one's attacked the game makers while they're alone in a room with them. And they're all like foppish like oafs who are eating food and not paying attention. Seems pretty easy, right? Right.
2: (laughs) I mean, you're like definitely not getting out of that one, but. No,
1: but you're taking them down with you, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty effectively. Yes, that. Yeah, (laughs) there's no. Maybe the force fields are really expensive. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
1: (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of logistics questions, I have one for you. um, About. I totally forgot about this scene, but I'm just going through my highlights here. Uh, in the early part of the the chapters, um, first of all, uh, they say the phrase coal school. They, or the coal, they, they call it the coal district. Yeah. Uh, which was driving me nuts. I, guess I was just like, no, that's me. I'm saying that you're the coal district. <laughs> um, uh, but there's a weird bit where they talk about diamonds cuz because uh Effie like
2: oh I, f- I forgot about that yeah yeah
1: this is so weird so effie like b- like misunderstands uh uh where pearls come from or she thinks that diamonds come from pearls so w- whatever some 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 misconception and Katniss is like oh so she doesn't know where She doesn't know where diamonds come from. Uh, That's that's pearls, not diamonds. And then she goes also. uh, Maybe she meant that coal gets squeezed into diamonds, but also that's not true, which, by the way, I have to say, I did make that mistake on an earlier episode. I also believed that I did not know. I did not know that that was not true. Um, uh, And then she explains, like, actually, it's graphite. That is compressed into diamonds. And then she goes, I know that in the capital they've got like a or or, or one of the districts has a machine that can make diamonds by squeezing uh, 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 a different kind of. Um, uh, God, what was it? Graphite. Uh, it, it, it was was squeezing graphite into making diamonds. And I was just like thinking about this, like, hang on. Wouldn't that just make diamonds like really valueless in this hyper capitalist world? <laughs> like, that seems like they would not do that. If you if you have a machine that just makes the diamonds, then <laughs> like the the mining, you don't need like the mine. I guess you need to mine the graphite, but it just seems like hold on,
2: the luxury diamonds- district in shambles.
1: Yeah, the luxury the the luxury district. Doesn't understand like the scarcity is part of the luxury, right? A very weird moment. <laughs> um, that is a very
2: strange conversation that I think was there to be like Effie's so stupid. Yeah, it was like a full
1: page of Katniss like t- like musing about diamonds. I was just like, what are you
0: talking about?
1: <laughs> I am going to make a galaxy brain prediction here, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, or not—it's not even really a prediction. I think this is just like a world-building thing. But she mentions that there's like a gra- like graphite mining and graphite machines and stuff. I assume that the capital has like nukes because uh, graphite you use to build nuclear reactors. If if the graphite thing doesn't come back up, then this was a total nothing aside because that was like the only piece of information <laughs> I gleaned from that that mattered. Like, oh well, graphite. I guess I'll probably have to remember because that's that's used in stuff other than making diamonds, but if it's not, if this never comes up again, this is cat most bizarre aside absolutely <laughs> like but yeah, that's uh I, I there's also the um right around this uh did you catch them eating noodles in green sauce yes what what's what is that is that real is that a thing what are what are, what is the noodles in green sauce pesto Oh, oh! I'm so stupid. I'm I'm the stupid one. I'm <laughs> e- I'm Effie. I'm Effie. <laughs> I'm Effie. Fucking God damn it! I was I was like, what the fuck is the noodles and green sauce? Are they eating sci-fi food? I think I just in my head was picturing sauces in like an Alfredo or something, right? Or like a you know something m- more more goopy. But yeah, it's fucking pesto. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: me with Hamish's like morning drink where i was like is that a fucking <laughs> yeah. bloody mary like what is what is the like red goop that he's drinking oh my god
1: yeah i was just i was like reading this going like green so- oh it's like green eggs and ham in here they have like future food is it like soylent? <laughs> <laughs> no it's fucking pesto god i'm stupid
2: <laughs> yeah but why wouldn't katniss know about pesto is isn't her mom like an herbalist or something? No oh, bro, fuck, you're right. Fuck, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they haven't had any damn basil pesto.
1: Basil's gonna be like fucking everywhere, right? I don't know. I should I should stop like positing stuff about food because I don't know <laughs> what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh these I, I I think I sound more down on this than I am.
2: Yeah, it's fun.
1: It's really fun. It's just I like I'm taken by surprise by how silly it is and how, how like pulpy it is i guess
2: yeah it's a soap opera with like action movie stuff in it
1: yeah oh okay here's one more food thing i had highlighted i'm gonna i'm gonna stick my neck out here again sure um uh purple melon they had in the meal mm,
2: purple melon
1: Does watermelon count as purple that's more of like a pink i, I generally would assume yeah, that's or like a associate.
2: red a red pink yeah. right Purple Melon.
1: Purple Melon. I'm
2: going to Google it. Purple Melon.
1: Purple Melon.
2: Singer Purple Melon. Fictional Food Purple Melon. (laughs) Pale Purple Melon, parentheses, the Hunger Games on the Fictional Food website. Okay. Oh, ooh,
1: hold on. The Fictional Food Wiki. This is good. (laughs) fictional food wiki I'm just real quick uh wait what 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 which website are you on No this is like I... a
2: blog
1: Oh fuck
2: It's called fictionalfood.net and I'm sorry oh. but there is a Harry Ooh. Potter thing on the front page
1: That doesn't surprise me
2: Also that's hang on
1: Harry Potter food isn't fictional it's just English that's different <laughs> England exists, unfortunately. Uh, Fictional food. I'm just going to search it here. (laughs) Noodles with green sauce. (laughs) Creamy pumpkin from the capital. (gasps) Oh, my God. Noodles with green sauce has a hit. What do we got here? What do we got here? (laughs) Uh, Goat cheese. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. You 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 are so right. You were so right about the pesto thing. First, first thing on their list of fictional food in Hunger Games here. This is not fictional. Goat cheese wrapped in basil leaves. So number one, that's not fictional. You can wrap some goat cheese in basil. Easy. But oh, number two, pesto, pesto. That, they, they could have made fucking pesto. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. <laughs> Rabbit stew with greens. They list they do list noodles in a green sauce on their list here.
2: Fictional foods, which appears to be foods that af- appear in fiction.
1: Yeah, not necessarily fictional food. Okay. But I
2: think purple melon might be
1: a fictional food. There are 35 comments on this, but you can't see them. Do you see that?
0: Mm
2: hmm.
1: Like there's a there's a fictional or there's a there's a comments list for fictionalfood.net slash comments but like I, I can't i can't see them i want to know if it's everyone going pesto 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 at the, <laughs> work. the hunger games viewing party food menu starting Katniss. oh they have an article about starting catniss roots very fun wow Movie food cont- contest and cookies. There's that bit where um Peta lists all the bread, which is another case of I would have loved to have heard all of them because they only list like two. Because then you could have stuff like people making all the bread from The Hunger Games, right? Like that's kind of cool.
2: Um, in the article about the purple melon or the post, I suppose. Um is uh says that as far as i can tell this is the only piece of food that suzanne collins mentions in the book that doesn't actually exist
1: <laughs> oh, oh i found the article you're on oh my god that looks disgusting
2: it appears i looks- believe that it is just soaked in food coloring No, oh, that's
1: disgusting gross Oh, my God, it looks so nasty. <laughs> it's all soggy. That's so gross. Uh, here, do you want to they have a menu on here for a Hunger Games viewing party, like a like a movie party. Do you want to do you want to run, run, run through this and see if this is something we want to consider for when we watch the movie? Absolutely. Okay, this is the Hunger Games viewing party menu by FictionalFood.net. So for the starter, goose liver with puffy bread. Uh, the font is kind of janky, and it really did kind of look like pussy bread for a second here. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, goose liver. I'm not not into goose liver. No, uh, me either. Got- uh, appetizer: nut and raisin bread with fresh basil. That sounds pretty nice. Sure, sounds good. Homemade goat cheese. Goat cheese is great. Wild blackberries. Also sounds great. Sure. Soup. Fresh fish stew with forest greens. Sure, Uh, whatever. Not going not going into the forest for my greens, but otherwise sounds great. Served with wild (laughs) strawberries. Strawberries in a fish soup. Hmm. I
2: think they're yeah.
1: Entree. Lamb stew. Hold on. We have fresh fish stew for soup. But then for the entree, we have lamb stew. Getting a lot of stew. We're getting our stews in on this one. <laughs> yeah. Lamb stew with dried plums, fresh dinner rolls and apples. Fire roasted rabbit with ember baked parsnips. Ember baked parsnips. That sounds pretty good.
2: That sounds good. I don't really want to eat rabbit. You never had rabbit? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't. I never have yeah. and I don't. I intend to. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: Dessert. uh, Goat cheese and apple tarts. That does sound good. But again, doubling up on ingredients over all these courses, I'm noticing. Yeah. Uh, Creamy fruit soup with fresh raspberries. Uh, So much soup. A lot. We're filling (laughs) up on fucking soup tonight. This is crazy. And the only beverage listed is fresh squeezed orange juice.
2: I'm going to need some water.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a damn tummy ache after eating three different kinds of soups and uh, a lot of berries. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> thank you to fictionalfood.net. What an, en-
2: <laughs> what an I- amazing
1: <laughs> discovery.
2: <laughs> I can't help but notice that the purple melon is not on the menu, which in the purple melon... uh post it says that it tastes absolutely disgusting so oh
1: good (laughs) looks (laughs) disgusting it looks veiny look at this shit it's so gross (laughs) it's like wet and and covered in glaze it's It's been in a bunch of
2: food coloring
1: i did did you have a period as a kid where you like Heard about food coloring and just assumed it was sort of like magic, like you could just like make food whatever color you wanted. No, I
2: mean you kind of can. You kind of can, but it like has
1: it does like have a taste, right? Mm-hmm. Like like food food coloring isn't invisible. But I definitely had a period where I was like, I it was not even really a period, just like a. I, I definitely remember hearing that food coloring existed as a little kid and being like, "Damn, I want like a." <laughs> Like a yellow pizza or something.
0: I was just
1: like this is so cool. I want to put food coloring in everything, and then I finally sort of like realized that it was just like chemicals that made stuff sort of shaded. I was very I, heartbreaking moment. I think
2: you can make me. some disgusting melon with it. I can make some absolutely disgusting
1: melon that looks like <laughs> God. That that picture looks like. I just look at it and I hear water dripping sounds. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep fictional food. Uh this website. God, they got like, Game of Thrones Game of Thrones food famous. The, he goes ham on the food descriptions in that. That's just mm-hmm. like good ass food. No red wall, I'm noticing. Wow. Because red wall is like the ultimate for food.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: Harry Potter, yeah, that again, that's just English food. Uh unfortunately, England is real. I I, I can I can say that I'm from there <laughs> and I can confirm <laughs> that it's real. Um Hunger Games, Twilight.
2: Twilight food. Now hold
1: up. Twilight food, not to completely derail the episode here. It's going to
2: be the damn mushroom ravioli or whatever.
1: Oh, right, of course. Okay, I'm clicking this. No. No, it's not. Wow. It is Giant Twilight Spam Musubi. Huh. I do love Spam Musubi, but in 2010, I heard about an edible book contest that our university library was going to be hosting for the first time. Since I had Twilight Fever at the time, I ended up making a monstrous Twilight Spam Musubi. That's cool. I want to see pictures. I want to see a picture of this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, thank God! Okay, the pictures are here. It's just on a different site. Uh, take a look at this. This is fucking awesome. This is fucking awesome. I would eat the shit out of this.
2: Oh hell yes!
1: Look at that. That's so fucking cool. Thank you, f- fictionalfood.net. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, and it's spam musubi. That's so good. Uh, that's if that you're ever great. at a if you ever if you're ever at a supermarket that has that, get it. It's so fucking delicious. Uh. Yeah. Wow. OK, a fun, a fun detour. Kind of, I think, maybe tells you. All about the chapters, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the, I, we were so easily distracted. Um They were fine. It was fun. Yeah, but I I I definitely just wasn't. I I, I I think I'm just in like this period of like surprise and shock that this book is totally different from what I was expecting. Is there anything else in these chapters that we didn't discuss that you want to make sure we touch? I don't think so. Okay. well, in that case, how about we take it to the close?
2: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Our theme song is currently Cheshire Moon. Uh, Pomegranate all by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them as always, letting us use it as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. We are back to a mostly regular schedule and we've got some uh, nice bonus episodes there for you and lots and lots of back content. And of course, early episodes, uh early release episodes. And Liz, what will we be reading next episode?
2: We'll be reading chapter eight and probably chapter nine as well
1: okay is that now does that take us out of the first act of the book
2: i'm flipping through my book to try yes it does that is the the last two chapters of part one
1: okay perfect cool so we'll we'll we'll, we'll i do was just curious if we had like one left and we were going to start the new act or if we wait if we're closing out the act with that that's perfect yeah Awesome. Well, in that case, happy Hunger
0: Games. If happy Hunger Games.
2: games. <laughs> but there's a lady there Makes ocean roars seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a
0: ride Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise